What's up, y'all? Welcome back. Just chilling in my car. Man, it seems... It's crazy that a week, a week already went by. Seems like a long-ass week I had. Um, shit. Everything been cool. Everything been solid. Um, Just got off work. Maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours ago. Did like almost 11-hour shift. Just chilling. Um, got some work done. Fucking uh, today was just finishing a verse for a song. Uh, me and Franco are gonna do. Um, it was cool, man. I uh, I held for the long, not for the longest time. This this wasn't this was not as bad as one of the songs I mentioned earlier. Um, but fucking uh, this one took me about. Alright, so I think I found a beat. I'm not. I can't remember off top. But either one of us found the beat and it was like, cool. I, I, I realized his potential. It was solid and all that. And we said, we're going to do it. Cool. As a joint, as a joint project, a uh, joint record. And so, uh, man, I couldn't for the life of me get, uh, get any fucking idea of what to write about. Cause I, I've never rapped on the beat like this this whole project i'm working on with him um it fucking it's really uh it's really me going outside my wheelhouse i guess uh it's stuff i know i can do but it's it's real difficult for me because it's 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 uh, it's a tone i'm familiar with listening to but i just never thought i could really flow and do my best in that given beat situation. Um, I was always uh, I'm 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 on, at least before this project and my projects before. Um, I always felt like the slower type, not romantic, but like a bit. So so I think my beat choices were a little bit of Wale slash maybe uh. Fuck, I don't know. It's hella changed. Um, okay, here's some of the guys I've uh, I've gotten beats from, like early Joey Badass beats. Uh, Jesus Christ, I cannot remember. I did a Mick Jenkins, uh, a cover, not a cover, but like a instrumental. Um, yeah, fuck. It's been a minute since I've done any beats like that. Uh. The, doing this whole 90s inspired kind of um oh if i didn't say before we're doing a 90s inspired uh project i don't want to give the name out and all that or or, or the uh, what's it gonna be about or if if it's gonna be about anything or uh just the kind of vibes we're going to basically we're just going like 90s style We've got like a good amount of songs we still want to work on some more so we have just a variety of them. And um, I kind of want to do it, this is me personally, I kind of want to do it differently than my recent projects where it's like, okay, I can't think of anything else. I'll just put out what I have. The first, the first my first project, it was like, it took me five years to get to because uh, I just, most of those years I wrote, I had like 10 to like 16 songs that get damn. 
of my phone would get damaged. My files fucked up. And then my email one time was corrupt or some shit. Lost some files. Um, multiple phone fucks up. Let me say that again. Multiple times my phone has fucked up due to some water damage. So now that the technology caught up, my water, my phone right now is waterproof. I don't test it. I know it, it works. Uh, it's just, it's just a safety precaution. Um, but it was like, you know what? It took me five years and I found out how to record. I know who to went to, who to go to. Oh no, that first project, there was no, actually it was 90% me, me recording myself and fixing it up. And no, it wasn't. Maybe 50%. A good portion of it for me not knowing what to do. It was it was uh it was fixed up by me. Not a lot, but some. Um I recorded my own shit, majority of it. I know that. Except for like one or two songs. Uh well one or two verses from like two songs or some shit like that. That's when I first found the recording studio that I'm using now, the producer and all that. Second project, it was just an EP, it's just five, six, you know, uh, a couple, a couple of songs put together, and boom, that was solid. You know, no theme. It was a theme, but basically, it was just like a little teaser, like a little, little thing. Um, I I love that one. It's my best. Um, first project, it's. I haven't listened to it as much, but I know it had potential and it still has potential. Like there's one song on it that's uh it's kinda like it's kinda like uh how do I say? I find it fascinating to find songs from artists that doesn't sum summarize who they are as a person or as an artist or what they're trying to do art wise. Um, I think at different points in your life, for at least musicians, there's a song that like best summarizes who you are at that moment in time, what you're dealing with. Um, it's like, it's like you're, I guess if I had to say like, like an elevator pitch, like when elevator pitch is that pretend you're in an elevator with someone, uh, business, potential business investor, uh, partner, um, someone important that you want to pitch your idea, who you are, you know, and I believe it's like an elevator ride. So that's why they call it an elevator pitch or, uh, yeah. Um, it's like 15 seconds, 10 to 15 seconds. What's your name, who you are, what do you want to do? Who are, I say who you are, who you are, but, and it's just, it's like, what I can offer you, you can offer me. It's just, ba it's like 15 seconds worth, I believe it's 15 seconds worth of uh, information that gets straight to the point and gets, gets the other person to know exactly what they needed to hear from you and what you need from them kind of, um, kind of idea. It's like, it's one of the first things you want to get down concise and just perfect or good, you know, real good, you know. It's like an opening, opening liner, opening line. Okay. Yeah. Opening line. Um, 
but basically like i find it fascinating like uh my one song at that point in my life maybe 2015 2015 um was a song is my first full it was my first song that i ever made that was a song uh, a, like a a normal length it was even like it was like close to four minutes but it was a full length song it was the first song i ever did uh wrote finished and all that because before before that i could not for the life of me finish a verse or i would think my verses would be shitty and I'd never finish them and because i was like i don't feel the beat anymore um i've been on this song for way too long it's not the beat choice the idea and all that it's just not where i'm at anymore and I, I would scrap them and it was it was a terrible process i eventually got over with thank god but uh it was a terrible process that i just kept dealing with and i was just like i lose interest um it felt it didn't feel genuine it didn't i was still trying to find my voice through all these rhymes and lyrics and shit like that and so basically this song was called frustrated um it's not bad recorded uh it's not badly recorded um mixed as well it's uh it's a oh another artist that similar to my beat styles and choices back in the day was dizzy right hella dizzy right inspired um so think of his style i don't know i haven't listened to him in a while i don't know what his style is now but like 2012 2011 to 2014 2015 that's the sound i was going for that inspired young man kind of slow tempoed fucking just enlightened but like heavy-hearted kind of flow feeling and all that in my verse that was one of my big uh heavy inspirations um dizzy right um the whole funk volume crew honestly um swizz I got uh, his his energetic, like mean, aggressive, um, like um, punching in into a song, punching is punching in. Uh, I don't know a ton of lot of vocabulary, uh, vocabulary rap. For, son of a bitch, <laughs> I don't know a ton of rap vocabulary, but punching in is basically when you're recording, like um, the beats playing at at exact moment, or let's say you already recorded a line it's cool you didn't do the end part of that verse well so you so that you so you cut that out from the recording and you keep the first part and you're listening to the uh so the, the to the recording and uh you know exactly which line you did good at and then you're gonna punch in on that part where you fucked up originally but you're gonna redo it and you keep the same tone consistency and flow that that recording that you just had, had. And so that's punching in. It's like, okay, I'm going to punch in after this word. Um, because, you know, after you know, because pre the previously recorded verse that you, your engineer got, it sounded good. But after that, you knew you fucked up. So you're like, okay, you're taking a breath. You're listening to the beat, your verse going on, and then you go, now. That's punching in, basically. Um how the fuck did I even get to that? Get to that. Uh, but basically, the song's called Frustrated. It was just a huge summary of who I was then, what my mindset was. And that mindset, like, I said some things on that song where it 
was ideas and thoughts and um, concepts that I was just learning. Like, um, for instance, uh, not learning how to not depend on anyone, even though you fuck with these people or you like people, you know, you you love these guys and uh, family members and shit like that, but they won't do for you what you do for them. And it was a harsh reality. And, um, it was just like, you're not, you know, it sucks. And I remember not how, but that feeling around that time where I put that into a verse and it was just like, it was one of those things where you have to say it out loud for you to start believing it, and, you know. And once you and, and I try to do whenever I put something in the verse, once I said it, it's something I believe because that's gonna be forever. I mean, honestly, I could delete the song, whatever, da da da. But that's how I'm putting myself into my art. Um, no, there's nothing that I put into my art that I either don't believe in or depending if there's a story mode, like story arc into it, I'll intertwine it with real facts about myself, real, you know, theories I have and who I am as a person mixed in with just a little bit of storyline. Basically the storyline is just a skeleton. Whereas most of the facts are the things that this character is doing in that song. I'm, I'm, uh, rehearsing or making it's, uh, it's really just using my facts from my life and, condensing it into a song that summarizes this character's experience basically and uh so with that realization i remember after i recorded and heard it i was like fuck dude like i put it on i i put it on on a record you know like i'm letting people know and i'm letting myself know every time i bump this track that this is my mindset this is who i am like you know i can't you know, fuck what everyone else, because I have this terrible concept. It's, I, 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 you know, I, I heard the con, I heard the terminology, I heard the concept, and I searched it up, and, uh, and I read like a quick little page of it, and basically, that information I got is basically what I have from memory of Bali. I, I didn't go in deep research and shit like that to freak out the causes of it, who who uh, suggested this theory, who came up with the concept and named it. I didn't do all that. But basically, I read it and it was like, cool, this is all I need to know. Basically, I have a savior complex um, that I've been trying to get rid of for years. Basically, I'm paraphrasing it. Uh, it's not word for word. But what I got from it was that it's a concept that people, not necessarily victims, but people who grew up in kind of not not a hella terrible uh, up, how you say, upliving? No. Uh, who grew up basically in a household environment or whatever, when they were young, they got this trait where they, uh, they felt like they need to help someone that they need to save others. And, you know, it's, it's, it's part of their, uh, internal paradigm where 
uh, paradigm is basically like your internal roadmap of who you are as a person, why you do things. And, and it's kind of like when you boil it down, you search real, real hard in yourself like, why do you do these things? Okay, I do these things because of this. Well, why do I do that? Because of that. Well, it kind of makes me feel like this. Oh, and you feel like that because of this. And it's kind of like you're you just slowly breaking down your movements, your mindset and already Jesus mindset and your ideas down to its most basic form or basic just basicness you know and and it's like you get down to the raw nitty ingredient until you can't break it down no more and that low key is your paradigm at least that's how i've found it over me over my year over the years and um kind of come across it over the books i read um where it's you know it's just like self-care self-like enlightenment type shit um but I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get back to where I went from here to here and all that. Ah, oh, shit. I get into one subject and I just fucking follow the rabbit. Oh, the <laughs> I'm fucking losing my shit right now. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, okay. Savior complex. Basically, it's like. If you think, if you go into a relationship, man or woman, thinking that, okay, I'm a, I'm a good person. I know my life isn't all together, uh, put together all that well, but I know what I need to do. It's just, it takes some time. But uh, if a person that I'm going to be in a relationship with has these traits, it'll be fine because I know how to fix it. I can help them and the cause is genuine like you really want to help them in like you know it's not like you want to take control of their lives and trying to run or fix them or change who they are as a person you just it's just like it comes from a genuine place where you're just like i like you as a person i think you're either cute or if it's female you, you know you think the person's handsome good looking good person overall they just have these bad traits but because you're so observant you realize this and it's uh and you're like oh that's fine i can get over that because if they were with me i could help them get over that and uh they wouldn't have to thank me or nothing like that it's just it's just me wanting to help out and basically i realize that I'd find people with these traits or I'd, I'd think of them exactly like this instead of just liking for who they are, you know, good shit, bad shit, whatever. It, I always found what their flaws were and then were like, okay, I could take you in. I could, I could find out what makes you tick and I can help you with that. But that shit is fucked because... You just got to worry about yourself. It's it's like the same thing. It's like one of those things where if your partner is depressed or in a fucked up mood, you don't enable it. You don't mirror it. You just go on with the rest of your day. If you can, if you can offer help, 
or you see that they don't really want help, just, you know, you, you just let them do their own thing. You know, everyone's on a personal journey. And it's better in the long run not to interfere with that. But not saying you can't help or be supportive or whatever. But at a certain point with each person, you can realize, okay, this is kind of like going past the breaking point. I need to stop. They need to figure this shit out. I'm going to continue with my happy day. I'm not going to sit here and mope with you and emulate what you're doing, what you're feeling. Because that's fucked up for me to have to do. It's exhausting as a motherfucker. And it doesn't do nothing to help. Even if I give you the right answers, you most likely might not want to hear it. You might fucking think I'm a piece of shit for actually helping you out, (laughs) giving you the answer you need and not being supportive and low-key playing the victim for you. But that's on a whole nother level. But basically that's what the savior complex is. Even not even, uh, not even a romantic or sexual relationship, but like you do that with people you know, people you like, homies, uh, friends, family. Just like you try to put in, interject yourself into their lives. Um, yeah. Um, for, but like I was saying with that song, it's one of my favorites. It's like it's just it felt so raw and real. It was just straight up like almost four minutes worth of just verse. Like I took some heavy breaths. I ran hard. Like it's so much synonyms, so much fucking. It was just my greatest achievement at that point. I was just fucking, I was just fucking amazed. Um, I was happy, you know. And now let's bring it back to what I said before. For in, uh, for an example of a famous artist, um, G Easy, right? Now may, maybe not a lot of people fuck with G Easy, right? I like the guy's music. I've liked it since I heard Far Away with him and Giant and E Forty the remix, because that song is just fucking. It was just straight to a point, basic. It was on that 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 cusp. Of being famous and like leaving the part of his life where he was actually going towards not stardom, but just like to his next level. You know what I'm saying? In terms of being an artist, a person and all that. And um, he made like two albums later, I believe, after he made that song. This was on Everything Will Be Um. I have someone with a black leather jacket in him. These things happen. That's the first one. These things happen. Um, at night? No, it was... Um, these things happen when it's dark out. I think it's when it's dark out. That was the title of the album. It was his sophomore album. Um... But basically, it's called um, Everything Will Be Okay. Fucking one of the most amazing songs and all that. And basically, what I'm trying to get at is that this song, at his for it described who he was as a person. And he just put his heart and soul in it. And you could tell, obviously, just by the, the, the story he was telling about his life in three different segments. 
um, especially the last part, which was a, like a heartbreaking part where he talks about his uh, his mom's girlfriend going into fucking like um, overdosing him, finding her body in you know, in the basement type shit. And just it was just like all cumul- uh, uh, cumulating, Acu- not accumulating. Uh, it, maybe it was that it was just all building up to this moment. And um, that's honestly no song can describe your whole life, only parts of it and all that. But it just felt like his soul was in that, was in that song. And no matter what music he makes in the future, who he becomes, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> it. I mean, obviously, if he becomes a fucked up person, it's fucked up and shit like that. And you know what I'm saying. But, but. As an artist, that song, I was like, okay, bro, I know who you are. Obviously, I don't. But just hearing this song with your soul in it, I know you're a good dude. I know you've been through some shit. And I I fuck with it. You're at your most vulnerable spot in in any song you've ever done. And I was like, I respect it. So I, I might, I mean, I already liked him, but like, if I found an artist and one of the first few songs is something similar to that, if I listen to it and I just tell like, this motherfucker just put his soul into this piece. I'm like, I'm actually like you. I don't know who you are. It, maybe you might be an asshole. Most of the time, if I see you in an interview, I don't like the way you act and all that. And da, da, da. But this song is a piece of you. It's genuine, it's heartfelt, and it's amazing. The The concept, the story, the flows, the lyrics, the metaphors, the um, the instrumental, the beat choice, the chorus, melody. It's just all these things came together to work and form this amazing piece of art, this song. And it might not be the most popular you might not ever hear it on the radio. People might not ever mention it in person. But it has a fall. It must have a falling. It's because this song, I must not be the only one to recognize that this song is amazing. And um, I feel like every artist at some point has some song like that. Um, and it sucks. I can't think of it off top right now. But uh, shit. Let me take a drink of my water real quick. It was just, um, and then not every song, you know, if it's going to be the same, but like you just get pieces of it. Like, uh, it's not the same thing and not the same one, but it has a piece. At least to me, it does. It's a banger, but. At the same time, like, uh, Joey Badass made a song called Devastated, right? Um, it was just him talking about, like, finally, his life felt horrible, obviously devastated, but like, oh, you know, you know what? There's an even better song. It's not by him, but it's by Nick Caution, and it's, um, God damn it! let me search it up real quick. I haven't heard it in a cool minute. And it's off of the album. 
The sky's the limit. Kind of play on words from Biggie's. The sky is the limit, but it's disguise. Like a disguise, like, you know, shit like that. But it's 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 a song off, it's a second to last one. Track 10 called Out of Reach featuring Alex Malley. And um, the next song was understood with Joey Badass. He's uh, Joey Badass's homie and his pro era uh, member. Um, but his music's hella good too. If you don't, if you're not listening to him, or I mean, it, it, he's been around for a cool minute. It's kind of like since Joey Badass, a little after. But he's he made the song called "Out of Reach," and basically him and CC. This is an example of him, like. I haven't been on his music. I haven't been on his shit. Like, I haven't been dedicated to listening to all his new projects and song and all that. There's most likely hella new songs, hella projects that I missed. And I'll pick them up when I pick them up. But this guy holds a place in my mind and in my heart when I hear his music. Not, not everyone has to be successful to me, but because I heard this one song, I was like, this is it, bro. Like, you have a slot in my head, in my memories, and just of how dope you are. This song basically is him talking about, um, I feel like a dick for not remembering this guy. He was a big member to, uh, he was like Joey Badass's best friend, and like, he, fucking A. He, uh, I'll switch it up right now as I'm talking. But basically, uh, I don't know if he brought Joy Badass in or like he was um, he was a big part of Joy Badass's career in life and he ended up committing suicide. Um, I don't know how I never read up on it, but it's just something I knew as a fan of Joy Badass and shit like that. I'm just trying to tap it in. Capital Steez. Capital Steez. But basically that song is of um, Nick Caution and his other homies in pro era. And I'm sure out of it and all that. Trying to find out you know, what happened to his home, his homie Capital Steez. Because something sound, uh, felt a bit off about him. And the last time they spoke and all that and all that shit. Um, he was supposed to meet them. And basically... They found out the day they were supposed to hang out when they couldn't find him. They were contacting, you know, uh, family members or friends that knew him. Like, yo, have you heard from him and shit like that? And then that's when they found out like, the news that he, you know, he killed himself. And the way that chorus hits, that chorus hits, everything is just beautiful. And it felt so sad and it felt so real and shit like that and then when i heard that song that that specific song i was like fuck dude like you were able to cuz i had a hard t i have a hard time doing with this i haven't done it in a while i do pizza, uh pieces now but it's difficult for me to get real real super fucking real emotional in a song because it comes out raw and as i'm writing it it sounds cool but I've had experiences in the past where I'm like, I take some time off, maybe a day, day and a half, let it rest, come back to the work. And I'm like, this is just me spewing out words 
and feeling with no direction. And I'm like, I can't use this because even if I try to take some words out or reshape it, um, it's just it just doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel like it works. It just doesn't. I don't feel proud of what I wrote. It's like it's kind of like I would relate it similar to when you're arguing in the moment with someone, you know, you have a right. Even if you're right, you have the right point. But the fact that you let yourself get angry. And when you try to use that right point and discuss it and give out examples, it comes out shitty. Because of how you're feeling, you may you may be crying, you may be feeling some sort of way, all this tension is building up and you just, the words are flowing out of you, out of control. You may be stumbling over your words. You may not even grasp the concept of what you're trying to say or what you're trying to say is something solid, but you can't, it's a special skill to argue. Um, It really is to like hold your concept in mind and keep it throughout your conversation, throughout your sentence, without, I guess, the sentence faulting in some kind of way that would throw off your argument. And um, basically, that's how I feel whenever I get super emotional. Now, I allow myself to get emotional when I write shit and like that, but I need to have an end goal, you know? And I don't try to make... I just need like an, a skeleton of what needs to happen in the song, you know, a checklist kind of how I get there. Or even if I don't go through all these check boxes of what I think the song needs and I find organically another direction that takes me while still holding that general concise, I guess, theme of the track. I'm proud of like I, I like to do that. My bad, I'm burping. I like to do that. Um because I can sit down, I can go over what I want to express in a calm state stated manner and say exactly what I feel instead of filling my verse with a bunch of syllables that's not needed with something that's not even interesting to be to want if I don't find it interesting to hear it and to say it and to um perform it then how the fuck is someone else gonna want to hear it and listen to it and try to connect to it it's just not gonna happen and I won't it's I don't know if people who don't do music can understand but if the person's heart well a person can probably, I guess, fake it. It just, you know, if, if that situation were ever to happen, I'm sure someone can fake it, fake how they feel and all that, say the words, and it's just, it's all good. Um, but at least for me, I found out that it's difficult for me to even rehearse to say it. Um, if I don't believe in the words I'm saying, it can tell. I've heard it. it. It it's, it's in my tone. It's in my delivery. It's in how I say it. It's, it's just it doesn't feel genuine. It feels dead. It feel like some dead words coming at you, and there's no expression in in it. There's no vibe. There's no 
energy, no anger, no, uh, no anger behind it, depending if it's an angry lyric or whatever. It's just no emotion. And, uh, yeah, so I try to avoid, if I'm feeling something, I, I'll write it down and shit like that and save it for later. But I try to avoid being in my emotions in that moment and, and, and fucking rehearsing and try to make something from it. Cause I know I'm going to be disappointed when I think I wrote a full verse or even a full song. And then the next day I look at it, I'm like, I'm trying to go over the flow and I can't remember how I did it because I was just all emotion. I, you know, I try to recreate the flow I was using. I'm like, yo, I'm tripping over my own words. I, this doesn't even fit right with the, with the beat, I'm not balancing on it, on the beat, the way I wanted to, or the way I thought I was, and it's just throwing my whole fucking, just throwing me off on the whole song, makes me not even want to do it, um, but yeah, yeah, I think there's some songs, um, in a person's career, uh, it can happen over and over, I believe, that, but there's a song that just encapsulate who they are, and it's just it's just great to hear um yeah uh <laughs> that was pretty good i felt I, I just felt good about talking about that um that was on my mind and shit basically i'm almost finished with that verse well i finished it today but the last five to eight seconds i need it it's it's not clean enough i'm not jumping off my words quick enough and clean cleanly or that's not even a word but it's not sharp the way i'm bouncing off from word to word or that i'm not i'm not accentuating the word exactly how i want it to be um i'm holding on to a syllable a little maybe half a second too much and shit like that um it's difficult to describe just me talking about it I'm sure if someone was here, I can show them. But basically, um, a B would go, and I'm holding on to a word longer than I'm supposed to. Um, and then when I jump to the next grouping of words, the next verse, I can feel it that I'm a bit off time. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a beat late. I'm a beat late. Um, yeah, and then I just start tripping on my words. Basically, it, it's weird, but like. When you're rapping, you like you get you you your breathing gets a certain way. Like you you're able to take shorter breaths. Um, and and depending, you know, if you keep doing it and all that, you're able to say a lot more on a shorter breath. Um, and it becomes a rhythm. Like, you know, it's just like you're bouncing off a word and the breath. Like, da 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 da. You know, it's it's just it's crazy. I wonder if other artists, specifically hip hop artists, think this way, um, or if it's just my weird fucking over analyzing fucking mindset. It is good. Um, it's a good thing I have, especially with this. It helps me understand hip hop. More, it helps me understand what I'm doing, and I'm obviously getting better because I could recognize these little things, these little intricacies. Um, 
But I wonder if other people will just do that or they just hear a beat and they just go off. Um, I was going to say something. I fucking forgot what I was going to say. I hate when that shit happens. I'm on to the conversation and I can't continue it because I forget the next part. something interesting that I was thinking about bringing up the last few episodes but I've been forgetting to do it and it wasn't in my notes um fuck it I mean fuck it I'll think about it later um I guess some things that have been on my mind is fucking uh in terms of hip hop and shit like that I guess the uh the new fucking now, let me bring it up. The new double XL freshman list for 2020 came up. And uh, I've been looking at that. So let me see. Uh, my fault. So on the, on the freshman class, I'm like a week or two late. But... Other shit. I've been like, there's some topics on that I plan to talk about, but once I'm talking, I'm just getting a flow, and it just feels organic. And the other, the topics I have be just kind of low key falling off. And I'm like, I'll save it for like later next time. Um, it's crazy. Uh, I feel like I'm hella old just from looking at this cover and these artists. Like these are all kids looking like these are these. They're probably all our kids, but. Fuck, I've I've only heard of two, and the two of them I fu- two of them I fuck with, but overall name wise, I've heard of Polo G, um, NLE Chopper, uh, Low TJ. I heard just last few weeks. I haven't heard any of the music, but his name's been popping up. And I think I've heard a song of his and someone else's on the radio, um. Just like as I'm skipping over songs or just changing cha- changing a channel. Um, but yeah, I th- the, the two people I fuck with is uh, Rod Wave and Jack Harlow. Those two guys are fucking good. I fuck with them hella hard, man. <laughs> oh, man, especially the, well, not especially, but homeboy Jack Harlow just did a remix of What's Poppin'. And he got fucking, he, he did a video too. Um, it's one thing to do a song, a remix, because, you know, you just pop in and like people want to come and work with you immediately after you pop in. But like, uh, bro, I got all these artists to come and do a video with him, too. You got Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne. I haven't heard much of in a long time, but like his verse was pretty fucking solid. Like it was like, you know, because to me personally, his last few projects or singles, or whatever. They just they just been whatever. I mean, I haven't felt like Lil Wayne's been Lil Wayne in a cool minute. Um, but he was on it. His references seem fucking new. Um, his flow just seemed to match the beat perfect. Um, and, he, and and then Jack Harlow had fucking... Uh, was it Tory Lanez? Yeah, Tory Lanez and the baby on it. 
and it was just it was just a banger it was dope like i mean i, I got onto him like in that confetti album um boy Devante put me on to him when he had a song with uh black call through the night fucking dope ass song dope ass video um yeah this this bro jack carlo he just seems like he has fucking this dope ass confidence like he not even trying bro like not even like he's not trying but just like he's just not even worried about any other shit he's just doing his own thing you can just read it off of his music and his the way he acts his flow and all that it's dope and then uh Rod Wave had that cold, cold as ice song. That's the one I've been rocking. Or Hard on Ice, Hard on Ice, I believe. Um, but yeah, that's the only song that I've listened to. Um, bro, it, it bro, but it fucking uh, I don't know if I'm reaching the the age where like it takes me a good amount of effort to want to listen to new music, uh, especially new artists. Um. Especially, especially young new artists. Um, I found myself, and I'm trying to get better at it because I don't want to be stuck in the past. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to adapt and learn to like these new artists and appreciate I get the way they're advancing the culture and this new sound and shit like that. And I ain't gonna lie though, it's it's low key difficult because. It feels like a lot of them are doing the same shit, coming out with the same look, the same style. Uh, colored hair. A lot of them do dreads. Uh, even <laughs> even if they aren't black, uh, they just fucking do the uh, fucking dread style. Or they fucking have hella tattoos, tattoos on their face. Um, I'm not trying to sound like I'm not an old head, but I'm not trying to sound like one where I can't accept new music and shit like that. But even artists that I'm really fucking with, it takes me a cool minute to listen to their shit. I just get stuck in the rut, especially with this YouTube algorithm where I'm just like, it's just feeding me this shit that I want to listen to, that shit I love from the past, but I don't want to listen to it all the time. I, I keep skipping and shit, but it just, it just keeps putting itself into the uh, algorithm. This kind of makes me low-key wish... The way it was back in the day, not too long ago, but where, you know, you had songs on the iPod or in your iPhone or just a regular regular phone. But like you had your own set of uh, songs that you would take from your computer or if you buy from iTunes and all that shit, it'd stick to your phone and you just play on shuffle. And man, that just felt so good just to hear all these songs you forgot about and they're coming on playing. It's just fucking dope. But now I find myself, I have to feel like listening to a person's whole project. Like if, if a new song's on there, I have to make some time to want to start from one and then go through the whole project. Um, you know, just see, you know, see how they're doing and shit like that. And if I really want to continue listening to them as an artist. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like... Kendrick drops a new shit. Oh, for sure. I'm going to be on that shit instantly. Um, Angle like J. Cole. J. Cole put out this two track. I don't know. Uh, bundle pack. I, bundle pack seems like a good choice of words for it. 
Um, I forgot the name of it, honestly, but it has Lion King on it and the climb back or the comeback. Those are two dope songs, but I'm saying like it took me a week, week and a half to listen to them, to get around to listening to them. Um, and I'm going to listen to that Jory Badass three, three track. I don't know what the fuck he wants to call it, but that thing, um, just like I said, like, it's, I don't know why. I have to be in a certain mood for artists now, unless I just go back to the music I know, the music I listen to, like oldies or just fucking some old shit that I haven't heard in a while. <clears throat> but I'm trying to get better at it. So, like, uh, he wasn't on a list, but I was reading, I was, I, I was getting prepared for when I was going to talk about this on a double XL freshman list you know the previous ones and you know all that shit i was reading up this uh article's uh premonition from like four months back of what they thought the 2020 class was gonna involve um i think the artist's name is baby keem or keem son god god damn it let me find it out <laughs> uh My bad, y'all. I don't, I don't want to leave y'all hanging with this information. Uh, Baby Kim, Baby Kim. Um, he he has a song called Orange Soda, which basically is like a nickname for a female, I guess. That he it's like slang he's trying to throw now. Um, and honest, yo, this nigga's videos are fucking on point. There's fucking like interesting. They're beautiful shot, beautifully shot. It's just it. It's crazy. And I and when I listen to his song, I'm like, here's here's some of the hard things I have connecting with these younger artists or just like these up and comers. Like it took me a while to listen to the baby, the baby. Um, his Kirk album, I, I love that. I thought it was dope. Uh, it took me a while to listen to it, you know, but um. I don't know. He, 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 at first, his flow, it was just like, okay, he's one of the mainstream hip-hop, pop rappers now. Um, I say pop only because he's gained notoriety and, you know, his music's becoming, like, more, I guess, friendlier to I don't know. You know, there's a certain whatever. Um, but he, he, he stayed on people's radar longer than, like, any, like, for instance, Lil Pump. Like, bro just made that one song, and he's around still, but he hasn't really at least come out with anything to where someone who doesn't follow his career like me is like, hey, let me go check out his new shit or check out this one thing. I haven't heard him since that Gucci Gang shit. Well, honestly, the last time I heard of him, other than just seeing a random clip, him walking as he's being interviewed or some shit, is that J. Cole interview he had. Um when uh, J. Cole got back at him for trying to make that fuck J. Cole movement with the young crowd. But, um, like, I'm watching Baby Keem's videos. And he's a new artist, a newer artist. I mean, he could be doing it for a while, but now he's getting recognition and shit like that. And... You just kind of know that bruh is going to go somewhere. He's going to be, 
here for a cool, cool ass minute. Like all his videos have this similar amount of work put into him. You know, it's not like one video was hella good. And maybe it's a luck, uh, or luck or fluke or whoever he got for that DP. DP is director of photography, basically the guy with the camera. And whoever directed it, he just got lucky with, or he was able to do it just for one video. But no, he's like consistent. I don't know if he's working with a certain amount of people for each video or what. I just did a quick listen, a quick uh, watch of his videos, like three of them. The songs are all catchy. They're all cool. They're all good. Uh, they have that young style that's happening now, you know. You can just tell it's a young man's or young young person's uh, song. But I'm like, okay, I can get behind it because I know, like, some of the shit he's saying is pretty dope. It's just put in a younger style. And it kind of made me think back to when, like, a Cole or a Kendrick was saying some deep and heavy shit, how that might have been taken in by the old heads back in that day, 2012, 2013, 2011. And they might have been like, okay, this is some young man shit. But this guy right here, he's really saying some shit. All right, so give him a few years. He's going to come into his own. And he's going to really pop. And his game, his flow, his you know his rhyme scheme and all that shit's going to pop off. And I think this word, this guy's going to go. Uh, I ain't going to lie. The thing that got me interested was that it was mentioned. I don't know if it's legit or not, but everyone's throwing it around, I guess. But like he might be related to uh, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, he might be his cousin. And... If you really pay attention into the song, Gangsters, Gangster Something, and uh, Honest, you can hear a bit of Kendrick's flow and his ad lib, ad lib style. When it's like, imagine Kendrick, more of the damn version of Kendrick and his ad libs, his style, but put in a younger guys uh i guess style arsenal whatever nowadays because baby keem's like 17 or 18 right now and it's so weird because you can hear kendrick low-key his voice sounds somewhat similar whenever he's doing these vocal in inflections and it's whatever it's just uh these these vocal techniques in the songs he does it's, it's just crazy um I just found this artist right now, today, maybe like a 20 minutes ago before I started this. It's called Mind Flip. And bruh's bringing back the old 90s style, bruh. Ah, yo, it's fucking dope. I just feel like this whole wave. And thankfully, like me and Franco were on to this. We kind of see it, but like this whole wave of 90s style is starting to come in. Like, because we're getting to the age where 90, it's cool and dope to be reminiscent and like, Stuff from the 90s. Because maybe the last 15 years or so, it seems like the 80s is where it's at. You know, pop culture is stuck in the 80s. But it seems like now it's slowly transitioning to the 90s. Because the people who grew up then are finally becoming the age that the people from the 80s were when the 80s were popping. You know what I'm saying? That generational kind of pop culture shit. 
that retro shit. Um, like, you know, you see it in pop culture, like the Stranger Things, um, all these 80s shows. And I think early 2000s, it was like 70s shit. Like they had, for instance, I mean, the 70s show and shit like that. But like if they make like 80s techno style, or you know, it, it was just in music in somehow, some way. And it was just influenced that way. Um, but yeah, I think 90s is coming back. They get like the style, fashion, you know, fanny packs were coming in or coming in or they've been in, but in a new way. But, you know, what I'm saying just like that examples to let you know that shit's coming like that. Um, But basically, I'm looking at this double XL list and I'm looking over the previous classes. And it's just it's crazy how much these older Gen, like these older artists that we know who've been in the game for a while, they were on these covers. Not all of them, but the most were on these covers, and they were just like, they were just young, dude. It's crazy. They've been in that long, and how much they've changed. They've changed since then. How successful they've gone. Um, it's just fascinating. Like, I remember, uh, maybe. When I was young, younger, uh, it terms of rap and shit like that, it's fucking, even now I still think it is, but it low-key lost some credibility. I think it's been trying to get it back since, but everyone kind of, it's whatever. I mean, I guess you, if you get the opportunity, it's cool and you'd go with it. I would. Um, but the double XL used to have this, this high sense of honor and like whoever was on it not everyone not everyone was successful and like did something with their career but it felt like an honor to see who was on your year's list you know like when you had chance of rapper and tie dollar song on tie dollar sign on a list together um these are two of my favorite classes class 2010 um had J. Cole, Nipsey Hustle, Wiz Khalifa, uh, fuck, let me bring it up, but 2010-2011 were my favorites, Okay, so don't care, don't care. What's that? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, this was a good one. So 2010 had J. Cole, Pill. I don't really know who Bro is. I don't know where he's at. Nipsey Hussle, fucking dope. Freddie Gibbs, fucking dope. Big Sean, fucking dope. Wiz Khalifa, dope. OG the Juice Man, dope. J. Rock. And I don't know who Vashon and Donis are, but yeah, that's that's like one out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Out of ten dudes, like seven of them are considered like top of their game now. They're like they're the OGs now. That's fucking crazy. And then the year after, Meek Mill, Big Crit, Shy Shy the Prince, Lil Twist, <laughs> Yellow Wolf, yeah. I, mean, I don't know where he's at now, but he was fucking dope. Uh, 
Fred the Godson. Dope. Mac fucking Miller. It's crazy, bro. YG, Lil B, the bass god. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar and Diggy Simmons. I fuck with Diggy Simmons at the time. I haven't listened to his music in a long time. But yo, like, that fucking list is amazing. Uh, oh, actually, actually, hold on. Here's another dope one of my favorites. It's uh, 2013. So I did 2010, 2011, 2013. 2013 had Schoolboy Q, Trinidad James, Joey Badass, Absol, Logic, Action Bronson, Kirko Bangs, Travis Scott, Dizzy Wright, Angel Hayes, and Chief Keith. Like, nigga. What? All those niggas were in the same class together? <laughs> That's fucking insane, bro. Shit. Man, see, I want to be a part of something like that. I love fucking... Um, my favorite things in terms of this shit is like ciphers. I love ciphers. I love ensemble. Ensembles. I love ensembles. Whether it's movies, I love a movie where it involves hella big names in 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 one cast. Not just like this guy has a part here or whatever, but like all these characters are main characters, but they're all big names. And then what's even better is if, you know, specifically movies. Is if those main characters get killed off or some shit like that, and it, it just makes you lo- it just makes you the viewer like, yo, no one is safe. Anyone can go. Like, um, this came out a few years ago, but like, Magnificent Seven, the remake, um, had fucking Denzel in it, Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, uh, <laughs> some Mexican dude, the guy from fucking Law and Order and Daredevil, Kingpin. Um, you know, you know, one, a few of them got killed off and shit. It's it just, I love ensemble pieces. Um, I love, you know, just groups like that. Like, like one of my favorite songs ever is One Train. And that was on, uh, ASAP Rocky's, uh, fuck. I always get these titles confused, but I think it was Long Live ASAP. His second album. They had fucking action. That's one of the hardest fucking tracks from beginning to end, it was like six or seven minutes long. It had like seven to eight artists. Here, let me bring it up. My bad. I'm just so fucking juiced. Uh, one train ASAP. Yeah, okay. So, okay. It was. On his debut album, okay, Long Live ASAP. I think I said that. He has one called Live Long ASAP, one called Long Live ASAP, and one called Long Let... No. Last... Son of a bitch. It's something I'm playing on the words. He had a whole theme about it. So it's ASAP Rocky's song. It has Yellow Wolf, dope-ass verse, Danny Brown, which I think had one of the hardest fucking verses in that. Uh, Action Bronson, Big Crit, Joey Bass, and Kendrick Lamar. Like, nigga, what? It's so difficult to get these niggas on a song together nowadays. But they were, they were all in their fucking, you know, prime, not prime, because now, now the prime is the prime now. But, like, 
they're like, they were fucking new. They were hungry back then. They were just like, yo, let's all get on this fucking shit together. Let's kill this motherfucker. <sighs> Jesus, man. That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite songs, man. I love ciphers. And I love ensemble shit like that. When everyone brings their A game, everyone's just like vibing out. Everyone has different styles, different flows, but somehow they all connect them and make them work. Oh, I fucking love that. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, man. It's it's still my goal to get on that double XL list. Hopefully, when I get there, whenever I get there, it'll feel right. And it'll feel like I accomplished something. Um, It's not my end all or like my end end goal. Um, I still have future goals past that, which is good. You know, you, you want to be able to move past your goals and make new ones and shit like that. Because um, I mean, some shit like that, some people reach their goals and they just, they're like, what now? Uh, but basically... Get on the double XL. It's not what it used to be, but for me, it's a personal goal. And it'd be dope to get on there with people I know um, now and uh, or even not. But just to be in a group ensemble to be like, you came up with these guys. Let's see. Hopefully everyone has some solid careers. And so I can look back. I'm like, yo. I was on this list this year with these guys. These guys are all fucking amazing, bro. Like, I'll feel honored just being in that class, that consideration, that recommendation, or just like, <sighs> that's honestly one of my goals um, as freshman list. So one of my early career goals, even though I think when I reach it, I won't necessarily be a young cat. It's unfortunate, but I, I've come I'm coming to terms with like my path is just gonna take longer to get. And it's been fucking it's been on me for doing it and taking this long, but honestly it's I don't believe in the predestined path. Like everything's uh, already designed. I just have to go through this path and all that. I believe cause and effect, mainly the butterfly effect. You know, every decision you make has a reaction and action. Um, I think personally and honestly that I had some deep troubling issues in who I was as a person. Mentally, emotionally, for damn fucking sure, physically. Uh, I just need to get the shit corrected. And I think... Who knows? I could have gotten successful, internally successful years ago, but it's it was some heavy shit that I'm dealing with now that I dealt with and I've matured in a fascinating way, I believe. Um, I've come to realize, like, for instance, like making this podcast, I for sure would not fucking have done this. Even five years ago, 10 years ago, fuck no, 15, God fucking no. Like expressing myself like this openly and confidently would have been so much of a fucking challenge. It, and 
I would have not had anything to say. Um, I would not have had experience along with what I'm talking about. Um, that's one of the key components. I think this podcast is a pure example of me dealing with my internal conflicts and rationalizing what I needed to do to fix them, what was the root cause of them, and how to better explain the defects I had or the problems I, I was dealing with and properly explaining them to others and to myself just what I had to go through to get, to get better and what I need to get better in the future. Um, and I think this is a personally, it's going to be an interesting part of who I am as an artist. It's going to be something I have that's different from everyone else. I think when I get into being successful, or at least known why, I don't want to be famous to a point where I can't walk down the street and get what I get without being noticed or crowded. If I get there, okay, I got there. Um, but that's not really my goal. It'd be dope to get on a level to where I'm have opportunities. Like if I want to do movies or make projects or hang out or make art with like, for instance, Jake, uh, <laughs> Jake, Drake or Cole or Kendrick. And this, however, whatever status level that puts me on, uh, whatever, I'll deal with it. But I always want to be down to earth. I feel like my, what makes me me or what's going to make me at that point when I get there is that it's like a working man coming into this art world, you know, this world of music and hip hop music industry as like an every everyday kind of man because I'm like almost 27. I've worked so many jobs. I've done so much labor. I've done so many different things. Uh, I've gotten so many so much experience. I've worked on a bunch of things. Uh honestly nothing to show for because it wasn't what I wanted. Those were all those were all how do you say? I knew what I was doing, basically. And um, whether that's a bad thing or not, we'll see in the future. But I was all con self-conscious, not self-conscious, but I was all conscious. I was consciously aware. I think that's the right way to say it of what I was doing. And um, I think in a weird way, I know who I am as a person. And so when I'm enter these future things uh scenario situations I'll be more grounded and be more solidify solidified as a man as who I know who I am to be you know I won't feel the peer pressure that a young man might be in when he gets offered hella money and he doesn't realize that constant consequences and expectations come with his money and that he has to fulfill them once he accepts him, um, I'll be more weary and be like, yo, what is this coming with? No, I'm not taking no free shit like that. I don't want to have to be in debt to no one. Um, if I do, I'll know going in what the situation is, what it's calling for. 
I'll be able to have a good read on the person, the scenario, the situation, and the effects of everything. Whereas if I was younger, I think, because I've had this mindset since I was younger, but now, now it's more modified, I guess. It's more up to date. Um, I know more things, obviously, than I knew back then. Um, I've been in scenarios, uncomfortable, uncomfortable scenarios, than I was back then. Um, I have a better handling on situations than back then. You know, it's just, it's just all these things. But as I as I'm realizing where I am in life and trying to get my foot in the door or try to get myself solidified as a real contender, these things do come to my mind and I do think about these things and um, what kind of perspective, I guess, I can, uh, perspective, I can, what kind of way I can, I guess, essentially brand myself, you know, like uh, what makes me different? What am I bringing to the table that's unique? Um, Because a lot of rappers who, they come in the game young, and they stay there and they grow older while being in the game. You know what I'm saying? There's not too many guys, at least I don't think off top that I would know, that came into the game pretty older. Like, for example, 30s, even though that's not old. I'm kind of comparing it to, like, uh, sports athletes where 30s are kind of considered old and they should get out of the sport because their bodies can't handle the pressure of, like you know, that kind of activity, you know, with those kind of elite athletes. And it's not the same, but it feels like hip-hop is a young man's sport. Either you're a young man, you get in and get out, or you're a young man, you stay in, and you grow old to be OG, kind of like that thing. And the process cycle continues. Well, I'm going to take, take some water. I'm fucking really talking in this episode. <clears throat> God damn. Oh. Let me crack the motherfucking window, bruh. Getting hot. Oh, I'm getting stiff. <laughs> Hold on. Um, let's see. This past week, I I I uh, celebrated my boy's success. You know, making a a record number of money, or I don't know how you say it. His biggest um his biggest uh end of the month goal in terms of profits for his business. My homie uh, Devonte. Uh, made made a good amount of money for a month. It's highest yet, which is great. I'm happy for bro. We uh celebrated, cooked, uh, had a good time. Man, it went by so fast, dog. 
fucking started late for me, man. I had fucking <laughs> had some bad coals, then had to go to the store like two, three times, get some new coal, not new coals, but lighter fluid, get a new lighter and shit like that. It was just, it was a no brain, it was no braino, not a good start. But had some beers, um, had some dope ass watermelon wine, and some rose. The homie Joel brought, fucking great. Um, just fucking chill, man. Barbecued. Uh, you know, fucking, uh, the adults played with the kids. Um, kids were playing with kids. It was just cool. It was just good times. Um, cooked the meat. Not how I wanted to. But for my first time, it was pretty fucking solid. I'm real happy with it. So, so what I did was I, I, um... I got some mashed potatoes. Surprisingly, I never made mashed potatoes. It's not something you really think about. You've had them a bunch of times, but you've never made them. Um, hella easy, but I was just like, fuck, is there, is there a trick to do these? But nah. You just boil the potatoes in a pot of water till the potatoes are soft, however you like it. I didn't de-skin them. I like to skin sometimes. I wanted to de-skin did that, drain them, smash the fuck out of them, put a little bit of milk in them, butter, some salt and pepper, and then fucking smash that shit up. And I cook some bacon on this my one of my new skillets, just like frying that shit up. Shit came out good. Chug it, fucking chopped that motherfucker into uh, bits and pieces, spread the bacon over the mashed potatoes, mix that motherfucker, add a little bit more salt. Solid, man. Was real happy with that. Um, then fucking made the uh, marinade the meat, the ribeye steak. I found I, it. So I think the butcher that I went to, he cut them a little shorter or thinner um, than what I wanted. But I found some at Sprouts. For some reason, I didn't think about Sprouts having some good ass meats in their meat section. But I seen the ribeye. It kind of looked like the one I kind of wanted to get initially. So in the future, I'm going to go to them next time and see how that meat does. But I fucking uh, marinate them with some pep- some uh, kosher salt and some grounded pepper. Not freshly grounded. There's a bit of confusion, confusion on which one's better, but I guess freshly grounded is better. Um, because, shit, because I forget, I forget why, but. When it's already grounded in the packaging, kind of loses some of its flavor. Um, did that. Meat turned out pretty good. Um, I still feel like it could have been better, but it was solid for my first time. Um, with this uh, seasoning and shit, doing it this way. Um, fucking uh, put the skillet on the grill. I think I should let the grill get a little hot, or the skillet get a little hotter, but ultimately I think the grill, the coal is what fucked me up. Um, I just need a new bag. I didn't have it. It's all right. It's fucking whatever. Next time I'll get it. I'm going to get a temperature gun too. I just had a temperature thermometer for the meat that I got. Um, but cook that motherfucker. Just like place the steak on it. I heard that sizzling sound. So it was solid. The reason I'm saying I should let the skillet get a little hotter is because I had to let the meat on for like more than like a minute and a half or two minutes. Uh, it was taking a cool minute for it to get golden or like just like that crispiness on the sides, you know. 
Um, I think I got them a little bit past medium well done. Um, not well done because I don't like that shit burnt. But uh, the that came out solid. Oh, the fucking sauce that I made was fuck. <laughs> it was so fucking fantastic, bro. I tasted it. I was like, yo, this motherfucker tastes like In and Out sauce. The, the the you know the sauce you get for fucking animal fries and your burger. I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? Is it? I think I'm missing like one or two ingredients, but it fucking tasted like it. So what I what I made was uh, in a skillet. Um, while the meat, I was letting the meat uh, sit for a while uh, inside of a pan. You know, letting it just sit, let the flavor soak up, the juices soak up in the meat. I was fucking. Um, what I do? What did I do? I put some scallions. In the motherfucking pan. Oh, wait. Okay, hold on. I put avocado oil on the meat as well. Because it's supposed to boil or get hot at a higher temperature. So you're able to cook it longer, I believe. Without the meat. Burn it up faster. Put the uh, uh, avocado oil in the pan. Put some butter for some flavor. Spread it. I already chopped up the scallions early in the day when I was making the mashed potatoes. So when I got to my homie's house, I just had to grill the motherfucker meat. The motherfucking meat so i put the scallions in there let that motherfucker fry till it gets golden brown um then i put heavy whipping cream um just a little bit nothing crazy i let that happen stir it around and shit like that let it get a little thick and bubbly um that put some salt kosher salt in it um i don't think i put pepper uh and then i put no, I didn't. I didn't fuck that. I didn't put the salt. I uh, I put Dijon mustard, a small little a size amount, a little squirt, squirt, <laughs> and then I uh, I put Worcestershire fuck Worcestershire's sauce. It's a fucking terrible ass name. I don't even know how the fuck I found it, but W O R. S I R E Worcestershire Worcestershire sauce. I think that's how you say it. I'm gonna keep it that way. Worcestershire sauce. Um, put some of that in it. Spin it around, leg it thick. Um, and then put some parsley at the end when it's on top of the meat. Ooh, wait, that motherfucking sauce was so fucking good. Ah, man, I was really happy with myself, bro. The whole night, I was like, yo, this motherfucker better turn out cool. I've had some bad experiences where, like, I'm trying to cook. Usually, I've made the thing before, and it tasted dope. But then when I'm cooking, I miss something. I don't know what it is, and, th- and the flavor's not there. I, mi- I miss it. I miss a mark. And, bruh, that fucking kills my mood. I'm ready to go from that party, bruh. I'm like, I'm a failure. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Oh, bro, I get so fucking into it when I'm cooking, bro. I'm like, yo, I was asking everyone, like, yo, how's this shit taste? You cool? Yo, yeah, it should need something, huh? Fuck, I fucked up. They're like, nah, Vince, it's cool. I'm like, you you sure? Nah, you playing, bro. All right, I'll take your word at it. (laughs) Oh, bro, I'm crashing everyone's fucking motives. I'm like, nigga, fuck you, bro. You This shit good or not? Like, be real. Yeah, it's good. Uh, ain't, that shit ain't good, huh? 
Uh, but no, I had, I had to let that shit die. It was good. It was good. Um, oh man, what a relief that was, bro. I swear to God, I was gonna go home defeated. Like, this ain't this ain't this ain't pop. Um, shit. Uh, planning to go to an MCR concert. Which was supposed to happen last year, I believe. But it got pushed back to this year. Which got pushed back to next year. October, baby. My Chemical Romance. Whew. Last tour, boy. I have got to see him, bro. They were my childhood. Like, one of my childhood fucking bands, bro. I swear to God. I would never forgive myself. I, I didn't forgive myself when I, I thought I missed this year's. Um... They're, I think they're supposed to have Weezer and Fallout Boy opening with them. My niggas, what? Weezer and Fallout, bro? I'm about to be cranking the island in the sun, bro. Oh my god, bro. Sugar, we're falling down. <sighs> Fuck, bro. I'm so fucking juiced. Me, the boy, the boys, Devontae and Matthew are gonna be in there, boy. I'm about to lose my shit. Fucking Black Parade comes on. I'm fucking... I'm fucking... Losing it, bruh. So far, the tickets are like three-something. Each ticket. But fuck it, bruh. And that's like in the front. I'm about to get those tickets, bruh. I'll get fucked. Next paycheck, though. I gave my breaks this, t- this paycheck. <laughs> bruh. I've been so stressful, bruh. <sighs> I need to change my brakes. These motherfuckers been squeaking. I don't know if these brakes have ever been changed since a car was made back in 2009. I have a 09 Lexus IS250. And uh, just had one previous owner before me, some white older white couple. Uh, for sure, I got to change the brake pads. I can just feel the motherfuckers thin as fuck. Um... For the most part, I know what kind of brake pads I'm getting. Um, ceramic. Uh, I forget what other material, but it's kind of basic general. I do want to get a uh, a warning guard. I forget the name of it right now. I know what it is, but basically, uh, it warns you by screech, uh, by uh, grinding against your rotors um, when the when the when the stones of your brake pads are thin. Um, Otherwise, if you don't have this metal piece, your 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 brake pads are just keep getting thin. You're not gonna get a real warning of how thin they are when you need to change them. Um, it's just better if you get this warning piece. It's this metal bendable piece that once you get a certain lore, uh a certain length that's low, you're able to hear it because your brakes start squeaking a lot louder and shit like that. Um. I kind of want to get new rotors. I changed my brakes and my rotors on my Honda 96 Honda ES. Honda Civic ES. Um, It was dope. Did a good job. But I didn't know I had to do this. And no one mentioned it. This is like a few years back. But I did not bleed my fucking brakes. And then I, the gas pedal was still loose. And I just felt like, yo, what the fuck is this? I fucking, I thought I did them right. Damn right. 
But no, this time I figured out how you're going to bleed them. I'm going to do the one-man situation. Just get a fucking hose and water bottle. And let that motherfucker uh, just kill f- keep filling up the dot three or dot four. I got to read my owner's manual and see which uh, fluid I need. Brake fluid. Um, and just keep pumping it out so I can get the air bubbles out of my uh, my braking system. I found out there's a method. You go like... Uh, what passenger rear, then pa- driver rear, then passenger front, then driver front. Uh, when you're bleeding out your brakes because of the the way the system's set up, um, I gotta double check that as well and make sure it's not the opposite direction. Um, I want to change my calibers too. Honestly, I just want to get a whole new system going. Yo, that motherfucker come close to $800. It's not $800. And that, just from the sites I've been shopping. And that's not even including the fucking calibers. And I need four of them. I want to get four of them. These motherfuckers looks old as fuck. Um, probably not. Honestly, I'm going to get them switched out, but... Honestly, I just really want to change my rotors because I felt I felt them and they feel smooth, but they look like they're getting uh, indented because of how low the brakes are. Like, like they're getting scratches in them. They uh, they get a little rusty on the edges. I don't know. I kind of want to just start new. Um, I wanted to get some red calibers on my fucking wheels. Have that shit pop through the, uh, the rims. Eventually, I want to make my car red. It's like this gray right now. Um, but I think the rotors might be looking good. Honestly, I just want to start new. Uh, it's a hassle. But I think I probably would feel better if I just started new. It's something It's something like I, I, I do where I got to get new shit because I know if I fuck it up, that's because of me, not because of someone else, the previous owner. It's something s- stupid, I'm sure, and maybe you guys won't connect to it, but I just would like to know, like, I don't want to get new parts for for part of the system where, like, I sh- like there's, like, one, two, three main parts, I guess, the caliber, the brake, the brake pads. I don't want to just get new brake pads and have like a okay rotor and uh, uh, caliber. I think what I'm going to do though is clean, take apart my calibers, clean them off with a wire brush, um, sand them motherfuckers down, make sure I got all the dust and shit off, pour some alcohol on them. I'm going to fucking uh, coat them in some red, red, uh, red uh, auto spray paint. Just do that for right now. Um, and then later on, get some nice looking calibers. Nice red looking calibers. And then, uh, you know what? Huh. I was thinking about going red. But I'm kind of liking this black and yellow look. Maybe I might spray them yellow. I mean, but that might be kind of cool. And then maybe, I don't know how it, I always like matte black for a car finish. Some cars it looks fucking gray on. Other cars it doesn't. I'm worried how matte black would look on a Lexus. 
I have to research that. I have to see a picture. Because I really want to try matte black for a while. Um, But the cars I've always had, well, the Honda Civic was dope, but <laughs> it needs so much shit. Coat of paint was the last thing on my mind. Um, Remember, I think you should always fix the internal in the internal parts first and then work on the exterior parts last. That's like the last part. That's like kind of symbolic how you you know you do yourself as a human being you know you fix what's inside first and then when you towards the end you fix on what's in the outside it's just easier you know so that way it's not like you're looking good on the outside but you're shitty on the inside it's just like your car you, anyone can see oh it's a nice looking car oh that's nice but yo you ain't taking care of shit your brakes are fucking terrible your engine's off fucking needs to be um Hmm. I'm trying to think of other things I need to do. Um, damn it. I'm fucking... I just fucking blanked out for a second. Um, not springs, but fucking uh, shocks. Uh, it starts with an S, bro. It's like just seeing them toned up, bro. Fuck. I can't think of it. Swear I got. When I'm talking this long, I'll be forgetting shit. <clears throat> what else? So that's on my mind. I'm gonna go to an auto shop tomorrow and spend some money and get that shit. <laughs> I really don't want to do it. I'm really cautious about spending money, but I gotta get it. I gotta. And I don't want to go to a fucking auto uh auto shop. Sorry about the cars coming in now and shit like that. Fuck it, let me roll my window. I don't want to go to an auto shop knowing that I can do this myself. They're, they're disc brakes. I can do disc brakes. I have all the tools. I have the breaker bar. I have the... uh. God damn it, I can't think of the other bar. Uh, so you get the poundage on it. Um, uh, I think it starts with a T. Uh, I used it when I work at Tesla. Uh, fuck. It's, uh, how much you, you tie in the bar, the bolts to, um, <sighs> fucking A. Stressor, no, it's um tester, no. Uh torque wrench. Torque wrench. It's a fucking torque wrench. <laughs> oh my god, thank god. Um but yeah, fucking um I got all the shit. I got some of that adhesive too. The fucking high the silicone or paste and shit like that. Um, yeah, so does that, uh, I fucking, I fucking was reading today from like a New York Times, I guess, uh, some police, uh, arrested two of these guys who were, well, one guy was only in prison for some other felonies, but I guess arrested the other guy who, I guess, they didn't release solid information, but I guess the case is still pending. 
but they're supposed to be uh, the ones who killed uh, DM, the the guy from DMC, the um, Jam Master J, uh, back in 02. Um, that shit, I I knew of it, but I never really knew the details. At least from what they're saying, it was from. I don't know if it's true or not, but I guess uh, they're doing some uh, some kind of drug deal, or they were gonna have come. Grandma um, Jam Master J was gonna come into some high amount of drugs, and uh, the deal with these two other guys who were gonna be part of sell, uh, distributing and it distributing it and all that shit kind of fell through. And uh, one of that guys went to a studio. Held some of the guys inside it hostage for a second and just shot shot bro in the head. Um, they're saying it's some kind of it's over some drugs that they weren't involved in the deal making anymore or the plan to distribute it and shit like that. I don't know. It's fucking sucks. And then I, I was reading the article and it says like I guess um, Jam Master. I'm fair now, so if I don't get this right. Uh, and I fucking... Yeah, Jam Master J. Okay, cool. Alright, so um, his brother, I guess, would think it's an inside job. Not necessarily that it's over some drugs, but maybe some business uh, situation. Um, shit, that's just, that's crazy, bro. Fuck, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it was just something that, you know, a topic that, I wanted to touch up on real quick in the in this podcast episode, but it kind of it, it is where it is right now. There's not much details, just other than what they believe was the cause for it. Um, they got the two guys. Um, right now, I guess there's still case still open, like I said, and they're still going over what exactly happened. Um, but yeah, that that. That fucking happened. Um, let me see. Let me see what else I got for my notes. Um, <laughs> bro, okay, so this is so fucking stupid. Well, I, okay, I, honestly, I think it's stupid. I didn't know this might be a thing in LA of gang members getting, uh, their uh, enemies' hood hoods tattoo on them and like crossing them out or saying, you know, fuck this hood and shit like that. I didn't know it was a thing. If it is a thing, I didn't know. But um, I guess one of the art uh, YG's homies or artists, uh, Slim Four Hundred. I don't really know who bro is. Um, honestly, he got he got a tattoo that said fuck six nine, and it had like an X over the six nine, but. Personally, to me, to me, that's got to be the most stupid fucking shit ever, bruh. How you going to get your enemy or some nigga's name on you like that, bruh? And and the motherfucking tattoo's big. The 6 nine's hella big. 
And it's a thin-ass red X that you have to get close to that motherfucker to see. And it's just like, bro, what you doing? You t- you're allowing this nigga space on your body, bro. Like, that is there, bro. That's permanent. He's probably one of those niggas that get his female's name tatted on him, bro. That's so fucking dumb, bro. <sighs> fucking A, bro. That really, that really fucking annoyed me, bro. And it's like, you have... I mean, I honestly don't know his body like that. What, what tats he got. Probably... A lot of people get stupid tattoos, bro. They don't put time in their shit. But, like, that's space right there. It was on the back of his shoulder. But it's fucking... And he's saying, fuck this nigga. He's like... He was just... He's one... I don't know. I don't know Slim 400. I haven't seen any of shit. I haven't known he exists until now, bro. But he was saying, fuck 6ix9ine. And basically what he stands for... It's like, niggas, like... He's low-key doing what 6ix9ine does. You know, doing shit for clout. Getting his name in... Getting his name known for doing something fucking dumb. Like getting a nigga's name. Oh my god, bro. And he said that this. I think they said the 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 reports say he did this, he did this because six nine recently took a photo in front of a Nipsey Hussle memorial uh memorial image on one of the buildings and shit like that. And hella niggas is saying like warning six nine not to fuck fucking be out in public or some shit. I don't know. All these niggas just talk, honestly. Um, I grew up with the rule, the most silent, the sound, the person who is the quiet, who is the most quiet is who you got to worry about, honestly. All these other niggas, bro, it's just talk. And the bro just look like he just loved getting attention for talking about 6 9 fucking fuck 6 9 and all that shit. It's just so fucking dumb, bro. I can't say it other than that. It's so fucking dumb. That nigga gonna be on you. He's gonna be on your mind. If he wasn't already on your mind 24-7, he for sure now. That's part of your body, bro. You don't have to get that shit covered up, man. Oh, it's so... It, it bugs me how people... I mean, I, if it's your type, I guess, but I don't know how people can just get whatever tatted on them, bro. All these weird designs are like... These fucking designs are like... Uh, I see niggas have pizza tattoos on them or some shit like that. It's just like, what? What are you doing? What are you doing? Huh. But. It is what it is. He gonna do what he gonna do. Um. Listen to Drake's two new songs. Um. Smile now, cry later. And, uh. Greece, I believe the other one is. Both good songs. I was a little hesitant at first. Um, I had to listen to them back to back to kind of gauge a feeling. It's, uh, I haven't really been excited for a Drake project in a long time. Last one I really fucked with was, um, <sighs> Nothing Was the Same. Nothing was the same was the last one I really fucked with. I tried listening to Scorpion. That motherfucker was tough. 20-some songs, two albums worth? Fuck, bruh. Like, I was just listening to songs at that point, bruh. They didn't mean shit to me, honestly. It's like, whatever songs you have, nigga, just put them on the album. That's what I felt like. Um, 
OVO playlist or that October's very own playlist one. That one was cool. I honestly I can't remember a fucking song from it. Um I don't know, I just not have been excited for his shit. It seems like he makes good songs, don't get me wrong. His beat choices are fucking phenomenal. His mixing's dope. His videos are cool. Like, Brush is having fun. Brush is doing himself and shit like that. And I, I, fuck, I fucking respect that. But it's just like, he low-key's just like following the trends. I don't know. And I hate to be one of those niggas. It would be like, oh, his early stuff was the best stuff. I love the way he sounds now. You know, God's Plan, that's a few years old, but... You know, like I said, these two last songs, they're fucking dope. His flow is great and shit like that, but I don't know. Maybe it's when he reached that certain level, because he's at the very, very top. And, like, his stuff is just made for everyone. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like diluted or, I don't know, diluted down just for everyone, for the masses. And I feel like you lose a little bit of something like that. Um, for example, like, Kevin Hart's funny, but his last two specials, I can't relate to that nigga no more. Um, and like, when he, his jokes, it's whatever, I mean, he's being Kevin Hart. Uh, that's, that's about how I can summarize it. Whereas Dave Chappelle, he is famous, I don't know what life like that is is like but he somehow makes it relatable or funny to like I can enjoy this nigga's life at any point in his life any part of his stage of success he is relatable as a person as a man whereas Kevin Hart is just I don't know it feels forced or fake or not not fake not fake I don't think bro's fake you can't be fake when you you know you're doing that 24 hour positivity 24 7 positivity mindset that shit is real. Even if you fake it, if you do it consistently like that, you're going to believe in it because, you you know, you're falling through with acting like, you know, positive, positive mindset and shit like that. It's just, I can't relate. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this album. Well, I guess he's having an album. Um, I think so. Devontae was saying something lover boy. Um hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's good. Uh yeah. Um shit, let me see where I'm at. Hey. Little over an hour and a half. Cool. Um about to upload this motherfucker. My throat is dry as a motherfucker. My shit getting raspy, boy. Um. Yeah, shit. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, next one. Um, hopefully, if it's still if it's still a go, I'm I'm gonna be having someone coming on with me, and then the one after that is gonna be someone again, and then after that I'll be Polly going back again to uh solo for for a minute um but yeah 
Hope you guys enjoy this one. This one. Hope you enjoy the next one. And shit, I'll check you guys out later. And um, shit, have a good night. Have a good morning. Have a good day. Hope everything works out for you guys. Keep pushing. Keep grinding. Doing your thing. Fucking, you do something every week that pushes your you towards your goal further and further. Then cool. You're doing something. You, you, you know, you're making it work. So, I mean, just good luck and keep going. Uh, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> see ya.